HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Mood Magazine, a new international quarterly publication about music and food. For more information, visit moodmusicfood.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Okay, got to get that last beat in. You got to get the last one. You don't want to accidentally talk over that. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. It's snowing. It is snowing. It is. Here we go. December. Snowing. December. Um, I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. I'm the other half, Darren Bresnitz, and you have a very rare opportunity to listen to both of us on Snacky Tunes, which it feels... Well, we did last week, but that wasn't like a full episode. By the way, congratulations to the guys from Holiday. They raised over... Twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, case was Philippines. Thank you to everyone who came out. It was a really amazing time. A lot of good cause. A lot of a lot of great. Really good food. Really good food. Favorite was uh, B Ray from Budokan. Oh my god! Shout out to B Ray and shout out to our flyers who are still below five hundred. Cannot break through. No, I can't. Uh, we got we got a patch. I feel like now that since we moved to Sunday, um, we're just like yeah, pack it in. Like before, it used to be like we were very just like we had six. We were very economical. Yeah. Now it's, now, it's, now it's like who who's ever in town like we got to have them on. I'm so. excited for the shows when the summer returns. Because maybe but, it gets kind of hot in here. I know, but like by the time our show happens at four thirty, it's already nighttime. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. Shout, uh, out, shout out to mom and dad for making again awesome Thanksgiving. Yeah, and they're listening live. Um, so that was just Cassandra Jenkins, who uh, will be joined by two other people. Two uh, other people. Two other people live later on in studio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, it's good to be here. And we have Red Boat Fish Sauce, who are in town for our dinner, and they're and Rob Newton from Nightgun Nine and Paul Key from Key. It's a packed show. Uh, and but <laughs> first and foremost. First and foremost, foremost, yeah, it's been a while since I've actually been on the air, so I'm, I gotta get the patter back. We have Anne Marie Ahern. Did I get that right? Anne Marie Ahern, yeah. Yes, Saltwater Farm from Maine, who we met in October uh, when our good friend and your best friend Joey Chow got married, <laughs> and probably one of the best weddings that I will Joey Chow ever, ever be to. Um, fun fact: uh, if you have your wedding on a Friday, you get to have a second party on Saturday. It was a good, a good plan. It was a, it was a good move. Yeah. Um, but we were fortunate enough to meet Emery and her family, uh, and lo and behold, found out they have amazing restaurant, amazing farm, and pretty much just kind of dominated the food conversations that we had all weekend. So, so if you ever were to escape Maine and come down here, please come on the show. And here you are. Here I am. And you just got in today, right? I just got in today. Yeah, it's nice to be back in New York. Um. Uh, so, uh, what is, what is a, a Maine winter like, and what is Maine life like for, like, a relatively young, mm-hmm. I mean, you're our age, so, like, what's it like being a young kid there? Well, I moved from New York to Maine about, uh, seven years ago, and I was, I didn't really know what, uh, Maine held for me in the, the whole year round. I was 20, let's see, I moved in 2009, I was 27, I think. Okay. So maybe, maybe not, maybe five years ago I moved to, to Maine. Um, but I didn't really know 
anyone there. So I was, it was sort of a bold move, but I knew that I was done with New York and I wanted to live in the country. Uh, and I wanted to learn about farming and uh, open a cooking school, which I did back in 2009, called also Saltwater Farm. And uh, I, don't, I mean, I, I found some pretty incredible people there. I have a very full life there. In those first few years, there were definitely like cold winters where it was me, my dogs, and the sound of that coyotes. And I was like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> uh, was your family already up there? Or did they come join you? Uh, they were up there on and off, yeah. Okay. But when I moved up there, I was living on the farm in a barn by myself for at least two years. <laughs> was it warm? Uh, most of the time, it was warm, yeah. <laughs> but... And so were you already cooking in New York before you went up there? I was. I worked uh, in various parts of the food industry. I was a, a personal chef for many years, and I worked uh, for Tom Colicchio. I was his personal assistant for a year. Um, I worked personal assistant's not cooking, though. No, not okay. at all. Um, you, you learn how to deal with chefs, which turns out to be a very important part of my current job. Yeah. Can <laughs> you, well, I mean, I watched you, uh, oh, wait, can you, I watched you when you were in... When we came in ate brunch, you had a very solid command of your room. Oh, well, thank which you. Which was, like, very apparent. <laughs> can you oh, tell you us one story from the Tom Click Working with Tom? Yeah, I can. He was on the set of Martha Stewart one morning, and I get a text message at, like, 6 o'clock telling me that he needed his blue shirt. Uh, and the building was locked and closed, and I didn't have my contacts in. I still had my pajamas on. I hailed a cab blind went to his office, somehow convinced a man with a key to let me in the building, and then took the shirt to Martha Stewart's set, and it was, like, passed through a line of people, and they all had little headsets on. They were like, she has the shirt. She has the shirt. And I was like, I can't believe this is my job. I can't believe this is actually Did you happening. Did go back to bed? Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, I mean, so you left, <laughs> you went up there, and uh, did you immediately find place to cook up there or you know what was the, my the backdrop sure my family uh purchased a piece of land in 1999 which is by definition a saltwater farm it's an old sheep farm on the ocean uh in can't or actually it's in lincolnville maine and uh we built a barn and outfitted it with a pretty sweet kitchen and i teach cooking classes out of that kitchen and um learned about farming pretty quickly um does your did your family have a farming background not at all we so, were in the restaurant business oh, okay but, yeah which restaurant uh, my grandfather owned a restaurant in the theater district in manhattan called diavolo russo in the like 40s 50s what type of um, i mean i can guess italian type, yeah <laughs> no i was gonna you know so but is it like is it like Checker tablecloth, like like very like bow tie, um, or was it? I think it was kind of an institution that they have an autograph book with like Frank Sinatra, no Marilyn way. Monroe, yeah, Babe Ruth, pretty cool. And they had the, their special was um, uh, Lobster Diavolo. Which oh yeah, was, yeah. It wasn't created there, was it? No, I don't, I don't think what, so. What but. is that? It's like a spicy lobster yeah. dish, Fra Diavolo. It's it's pretty. They split it in half, and it's mm -hmm. like served like in a pan. It's really. It's a showpiece. It's totally a showpiece. You know what? We should put it on the menu at the restaurant in yeah, Maine. I can't believe I'm just thinking about yeah, that. Oh we should God. do some Wait, throwback. Oh, is Maine known for lobsters? It is. So, I did Big not know surprise. That. Big surprise. Yeah. Actually, uh, Darren and I are... Well, Darren recently thinks he might not be allergic to lobster. Yeah, but. there's a new twist where I accidentally had like a bunch of lobster tacos, and then at the end of the night, asked what was in those tacos, and I said lobster, and obviously I'm here, so... But it's no <laughs> joke, it's literally like every other place like offers lobster. The best part mm -hmm. about uh, Joey's wedding was when Greg was sitting next to one of Joey's friends, 
who didn't know how to open a lobster, and it exploded and covered Greg in lobster juice. Yeah. yeah. And once he was okay, I laughed in his face. And I <laughs> so for the cooking school, like, what type of, uh, what did you start teaching? Or what do you, and you still do the classes now, right? Yeah, I still do the classes now. Uh, we teach two different kinds of classes. One is a workshop class. It's a three-day class where we focus on fundamental cooking skills and gardening skills. And then the other classes are specialized, and they range from uh, savory pies to cooking over fire to, um, we have one called cobbler's buckles and grunts, which are New England terms for pie, essentially. (laughs) What's a grunt pie? Uh, A grunt is like a slump, actually, uh, which you also don't know what that means. Oh, it's like that other thing you've never heard of. But it's basically just a combination of butter, flour, sugar, and fruit. Mm. Um, and, and the people who attend the classes, is it, is it locals or do people travel for it? Uh, the first year that we taught the classes, it was mostly locals because it's all word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's mostly people uh, like you guys. <laughs> it's people from New York and uh, California. What do, you, what do you mean by you people? What do you mean by you people? <laughs> you people. It's, oh, you. It's like, seriously, the, it's, it's exciting because people fly to Maine just to take a three-day class, which when I opened the school, I had no idea that we would arrive there. So it's, and is it's that great. the main event when people come? Um, we did the main event for the first three years, which was with a bunch of chefs from Brooklyn, and um, we're no longer doing that. I know. They've gone on to do other things. But so have you. But so have I. Yes. I opened a restaurant myself, and um, we have a lot of guest chefs that come and teach, which is always fun. And who are some of the, you know, the guest chefs and how do you pick them oh it's just you know life circumstance uh two of them are these (laughs) lovely women from um uh tuscany mima and franca they are siblings like the two of you and they are 78 and 75 and they are hilarious uh they fly over they fly over yeah they don't take this wait how did life how did life circumstance lead you to my mother went to tuscany took a cooking class with them and then they came to me amazing yeah so and let's talk about the restaurant, because yeah. it's, it's probably one of the most beautiful restaurants I've ever been in. I think so, too. Yeah. And, and, no, but you know what, though? It's, once you go there, you can totally say that and not sound braggadocious in any way. Like, it's, it's stunning. And the view is amazing. Yeah. Right on the harbor. Mm-hmm. And so what's the, the history of the building? Yeah, the building's crazy, right? Uh, Union Hall it was built in 1856. It used to be the post office. It was um, a lime factory many years ago. And, a lime factory? Yeah, like a lime kiln. They oh. would heat up oh. lime. Never mind. Not, Not like the no. green fruit. I was no. like, they grew limes in Maine? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know anything. But anyway, so it it was then, in the 70s, it was home to the Maine Media Workshops, which is a film and photography school, and then it was totally run down, and they restored it to put in our restaurant. Yeah, but you, you are glazing over that rest- restoration <laughs> process. From what you told us, it was quite the effort. Yeah, it was it was a huge effort. The building, I mean, the back wall was no longer attached to the rest of the building. I don't when understand we started. how that even happened. I don't either. And people were still occupying it. But anyways, um, yes, we, we built a beautiful restaurant. We traveled all over the world looking at other restaurants in the country and put together pieces in our minds and then designed nope. a wonderful space. Number one inspiration? I'm going to have to say Sitka and Spruce in Seattle. Okay. A friend of mine owns that place, and I, when I went out there, he also owns a farm on Vashon Island off the coast, um, and a number of other restaurants in Seattle that are outstanding. Co- the Corson Building, he just opened another mm-hmm. one called Bar Seor. His name's Matt Dillon, um, but he was in large part an inspiration t- to me. I mean, is there, I, I mean, it's a very specific, I mean, you almost want to say like Brooklyn-style type of restaurant. Yeah. I mean, how was it received up, up there, and you know, what was the reaction? 
Well, it was a pretty bold move to try to create a concept that's so progressive in a place where the population is, I think, 1,800 people live in Rockport. Wow. Um, and most of them are over the age of 65. So I honestly, you know, we had no idea if it was going to work or not. And it's been tough, without a doubt, but we are being recognized by exactly, you know, the people we were hoping would recognize what we're doing. Um, the the staff is almost entirely from Brooklyn and and. San Francisco and Chicago. And do they live there now? They all moved to Maine to be part of the project, which is pretty exciting. And they were as nervous when they moved as I was when I moved. But we are we have like a, a whole, you know, uh, community up there now, um, and they just sort of became part of that. So and, it worked out. And how were you able to get those people out there? How did they hear about the project? Uh, they heard about the project through GoodFoodJobs.com, most of them, uh, and I insisted that they come in February for the Toboggan Festival to see what it's like in Maine in the winter before right. they signed on to the project. Right, because coming, <laughs> summers in Maine are gorgeous. Gorgeous. They're heaven, literally. Um, so but winters like are long. Worst, like the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Uh, and I'm sorry, Toboggan Festival? Oh, it's so fun. You guys should totally come. There's lots of yeah. ice fishing. Okay. And everyone shoots down this like um, toboggan shoot in February onto a frozen lake where there's lots of food and drinking. It's Greg, just so much fun. Can? Let's go. <laughs> And people from all over the country come. It's it's very Is it beginning, fun. middle, and February? Uh, it's the second weekend of February. It's so... I'm serious. You guys should totally go. It's yeah. so fun. I mean, this... I mean, well... I mean, so, but how... I mean, I guess the other question is, like, just to kind of get people... Think, you get to the ed, You get to the border of Maine, and then you're, like, two and a half hours past that. So how did... Beyond word of mouth, how did people start hearing about the restaurant? How did the press start to generate um, about, you know, the, the, the spot? Yeah. Well, when we did the main event, which was five days after we opened the cooking school, the New York Times picked it up because of the names that were attached to it. Um, and Good old times. Yeah. And then, you know, the Wall Street Journal took notice and um, Boston Globe and Food and & Wine and all these publications noticed what we were doing. I think, honestly... There's not that many examples or models for what we're doing, which is essentially a recreational cooking school. They're very common in Europe, um, but in the United States, there's only maybe a dozen of them that are like mm-hmm. the one that we have. And can so. you define recreational cooking school? Yeah, it's a place you go and cook and eat with strangers and have fun. And you stay there. <laughs> what? You stay there? Uh, you don't stay with us, but there's so many places to stay in the area. So. <laughs> a couple of B's and B's up in Maine. There's a ton of so B&B's. Yeah. I mean, B&B's, B&B. It's like lobster shop, B&B, lobster shop. Yeah. B&B, like craft. Maine. Craft. Yeah, um, it's antique. pretty cute. So, I mean, so like what, what comes next? Um, well, the rest, we're trying to get the restaurant on solid footing. We're eight months in. We have to get through a winter still, but um, it's feeling really good and uh, being quite well received by both locals and people who come to visit. I want to write a cookbook. I've been thinking about it for many years. I just haven't had a moment to sit down and do it. Um, and I want to build the cooking school program because I think um, that we could teach more classes and get more people involved in the workshop program in particular. So um, I-, I love teaching, and they love learning. So. Amazing. Well, we give people the nuts and bolts where they can find uh – Sure. The restaurant and how they can sign up for classes. Sure. So Saltwater Farm's website is www.saltwaterfarm.com. Uh, the cooking school is in Lincolnville. We run classes from June through October. And the restaurant is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, nine months out of the year. And then we just do breakfast and lunch in January, February, and March. And that is in Rockport Harbor overlooking one of the most beautiful harbors in Maine. Amazing. Well, Amory, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. came to me
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Aaron Bresnitz. I'm Aaron Bresnitz. You guys, uh, Repo Fish House, this might be like the deepest roll of like food entourage we have yet to, to see. I mean, you guys have like 12 people with you. Yeah, it's uh, great. Well, we also have, uh, well, we have uh, Kong Fam all the way from Phu Quoc, Vietnam. Kong, you are by far the farthest traveled guest we've had on the show. Oh, Welcome you. to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. We also have Rob Newton. What up? Hello. Welcome I didn't travel from Vietnam. No, but welcome back. Welcome Thank back you. to Snacky Tunes. And Paul Key, first time guest, long time listener. Probably not <laughs> long time listener. But uh, long time buddy, going back to Austin. And shout out uh, for the mention in the Times. Sunday, oh. Sunday style section. And shout out to Redwood Fishoss, uh, mentioned in the Wall Street Journal. Rob, you're just killing it. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm Rob. not making the fish off, though. 
Um, so, for those who don't know what Red Boat Fish Sauce is, why don't you tell us what it is, how it got started, and what makes it so amazing? Oh, wow. So, basically, Red Boat Fish Sauce started three years ago. And it's the fish sauce produced from the island of Fukuok. It's been known to produce the finest fish sauce in the world, but not a lot of people try it. It's just because there's not enough, right? So... When I moved to the States 34 years ago, I grew up with good fish sauce, and this is the thing that I miss. And I didn't realize the fish sauce here is not the same as the stuff that I grew up with. So, so that's how we started it. Uh, determined to bring the stuff here, so I think people would appreciate it more because Fukuok fish sauce, they just earned the PDO which is the destination of protection of origin from the European countries. One of the few products that's been recognized with that name. So, um, so I'm glad that um, you know, we able to bring it out here for a lot of people to enjoy it. So when people think of fish sauce, what are they normally thinking of, excluding yours? Fish sauce from the States They've had the bad reputation it's just because it's not the same. It's like what we had back home. For whatever reason, maybe the price, maybe shelf life, for whatever reason, it's not the same. If you look at the label, it's clearly stated that it's blended. It's not in a pure factor like what we produce. So, so that's the thing. And a lot of people are scared to it. It's not the same like what Red Boat is. Red Boat is the way we produce, the old-fashioned way, very traditional, authentic Fukuok fish sauce that's been established over 200 years ago. And what are the ingredients in your fish sauce? Anchovies and sea salt. That's it. That's it. Um, when uh, Jamie and I were out this past February, we actually high-fived with Paul and Dina yep. in the airport. <laughs> yeah. um, you took us to the factory... And it's amazing, like just the smell and the flavor. It's it's unlike anything I've ever had before. It's just it's just like pure, pure flavor. And what uh, what type of salt and what type of anchovies do you use, or is that a secret? Okay, the anchovies. The, I'm glad you asked that question. There's about twelve different type of anchovies. Mm-hmm. The anchovies lives in the Fukuok waters. They call black anchovies. Produce the best fish sauce for some reason. Okay, if you, that's why it's been recognized. Fukuok fish sauce and other fish sauce in the country, even though from anchovies and salt, it won't come out the same. It's just the, the type of anchovies in there. That's one thing. The other thing would be the process. We salted anchovies right on the boat. They just get off the water to, to keep the freshness of that. And the third thing would be the weather. The weather of Fukuok and the way the, the things fermented in the wood barrel is different than all the other places around Vietnam. It's produced that kind of sauce that Robert had a chance to enjoy, that you had a chance to enjoy right. from Sammy's the other one. So those three things, without those three things, the anchovies, the process, and the weather, Fukuok fish sauce is not Fukuok fish sauce. Without that, that means that you cannot replicate it by taking the raw material and the same process and do it somewhere else it's going to come out the same so those three factors actually make it so special now as chefs you guys use fish sauce 
quite a quite a bit in your cooking. Yeah, pretty much using a yeah. I use a lot of fish sauce. Um, can you speak to where you use fish sauce in some you know non traditional applications and what it was like when you started using red boat? Um, I basically substitute fish sauce for a lot of my brines for brisket, barbecue, ribs, chicken, fried chicken, roasted chicken. Um, for me, it's it's a salt substitute, and I I, I use it like salt. Awesome. Um, I use it more at Nightingale Nine than Searsucker. Yeah. So. Maybe obvious or not so obvious reasons. Well, what um, are those places? Uh, Nightgill Nine is a Vietnamese restaurant okay. in in Brooklyn, and Tearsucker is my first restaurant. It's very southern because I'm I'm not from Vietnam. <laughs> I'm from a different south, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this weekend I was just screwing around with different ideas, and I made a compound butter for a pork special, and I put some fish sauce in there, and it's it has that kind of umami sort of thing that can bring a nice funk. And people can't really identify what it is, but it's it's uh, that and some lemon zest together. It's like, shit, that tastes nice. Well, I can't quite figure out why it's so nice, but it is. You know? I mean, funk is a great word for it. Uh, it's really something special. I mean, especially when it comes right out of the uh, out of the stills. It's really crazy. Um, I think still is an interesting word because some of the stuff I tasted when we were there together wandering around the factory, I tasted some really young stuff. And it, to me, I don't know if you got a taste in this, yeah. but it tasted kind of like whiskey to me. And it had a, like yeah, a boozy kind of Yeah, quali- it has those qualities yeah. for sure. And I was really, yeah. I still remember that very clearly. And it's when you say still, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, explain, I mean, I mean, it's when you walk in, explain what the plant looks like and, like, and what the actual process is. Okay, the process actually started in the sea way back there. Meaning, as soon as the fish get caught, it's still flopping around on the boat. Pause. Yeah, that stuff. we got to experience that. It was a nice what nine hour boat ride. Right. Oh, you got to go on the boat. Yeah, yeah we were on the fish boat. It's it, a long time. it was intense. <laughs> it was intense. But there's, I mean, there was no technology involved. It's like catching the fish, putting it on the boat, putting the, the salt boat, on it. So then they just rake it up. Yeah. And then I have a picture of Ed. Edward Lee is doing. Well, you had to get rid of the shrimp and all the other non-anchovies. You start pulling them off. Yeah, you sort it. So that's that is the Fuquay special. Only Fuquay does that. The process, right? Other because the fishing boat go out there to catch fish to make fish sauce. So they go after the anchovies, basically. Other places that where they do is a bycatch, right? Whatever the low quality fish, they cannot make fish. I mean, sell it. Then they make fish sauce, so that's why it's different. So you're starting with your base ingredient. I mean, you have two ingredients, and so the base of the fish is top notch. Right. So you're already above that with all the other types of brands. Right. I think a lot of the brands that's out there they don't like put in the craftsmanship so that because they relied on all the stuff to do to finishing their products. Right. That's mean additive. They put in sugar, sweetener, whatever. To, to enhance the test. We cannot rely on that stuff. So everything has to do correctly from the beginning, from the catching the fish, fermenting it, let it sit in there enough time so that it's come out right. And then we test it throughout and making sure that it, it meets the quality that it's required so that you know we don't have to use all the stuff along with that um, to make a final product. Um. I think one of the other products that you're now, I think you're now selling, but the the, uh, the actual salt. The salt. So, so the salt and the fish sit together in these stills for about a year. Right. And then you drain it off, and then you have this salt that's like crystallized on the side. 
and that salt. I mean, talk about pure umami. Like that is just yeah, awesome. absolutely, man. It's amazing. I remember um, I you had gotten you had sent me a package, right? And I was on the street with Thomas and Ignacio from Estella. And I was like, I just got this crazy stuff from Fuquak, and I was like, I felt like a drug dealer. I was like, opening up this like giant Ziploc bag. I got mine like, in a Ziploc bag too. Yeah, just like passing it around. Yeah. Random box with a Ziploc bag. USPS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but talk to me. I mean, do you guys want to talk to me about where you use that salt? I mean, that salt. I there's literally nothing else I've had that tastes. No, it's like that. my MSG. I don't. I don't. I don't use MSG, which is probably making. Little ladies in Vietnam, very upset, but I don't, I don't use it. But this is something that gives me that kind of a. Ele- it, it's almost like I took my palate and put it into a light socket. When you put this salt on your on your tongue, it's very uh, explosive, you know. And it's round and it's wild and it's it's it has really a lot of fun. Yeah, it has a lot of layers of flavor, and you you can just season any, almost anything. It could be turnips, a tomato, whatever, and eat it, and it's all good. It really. I mean, yeah. what what when did you realize that the salt was an, a byproduct that people would actually want? Actually, this is a little secret, but in order for us not to use sweetener, because fish sauce by itself, we don't do it right. It's going to be saltiest, right? So we have to find some way to tone it down, get the, the salt down. So we go through, I don't know if we want to call it the process, but dehydrate it so that we can pull the salt out of the sauce. So the sauce is not that sweet. I mean, it's not that salty, but it got a little natural sweetness after yeah. that. So the salt that came out from that process is the salt that we introduce and we give to the chef, and that's how. And and it turned out to be something that, you know, chef knows best what to do with it, right? But we know it all along. My mom knows it, you know, how we do fish sauce and all that stuff. But But again, this is like reality when people try with steaks, chickens, or anything. It bring out the flavor. It wakes up the flavor of the ingredient that you cook it with. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably one of the best products, and it's all natural. I mean, it's crazy. It's just you eat it and you go, oh, this is just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so what's next for Red Boat? What do you have coming up? Yeah, I know you guys have a dinner tomorrow night, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk to me about this dinner. What are you guys doing? So we're doing dinner at tasting table. Um. Forgot the neighborhood that it's in, but Soho. Yeah, right? Soho. Yeah, it's on so, Broom, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on Broom. Beautiful location. So, what's the dinner going to be? Is it going to be just get, just like a you know fish sauce fountain? Uh, well, <laughs> there's definitely apple in that. <laughs> get a little ice luge with some. I wouldn't be mad at fish sauce fountain, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a mix of uh, using the red boat ingredients and um, and some of the stuff I would I do back home at Key and. I guess he's side king in Austin. Wait, how's Key doing? He's doing well, man. Thank Gave you. Gave birth, what, how many months ago? Seven. Jeez. Seven months in, so. And now you go. Good. Yeah. Huh? You, got, you got back to your natural weight. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you go nuts when it opened it. Uh, February, be a year. Be a year. Yeah, so, so same time. So you guys want to give birth at the same time. Yeah. Proud parents. Yep. Proud parents. It's amazing we can sit here and leave the children alone. I know. Uh, but the dinner sounds great. I think it's sold out, though, right? Yeah. Bummer. That's how no, it goes. We're gonna, we're gonna do more of that. So. We'll do more. Yeah. It's like everything in New York. It's like, oh my god, I just heard about this. It's sold out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kong, I want to thank you for coming all the way from Quack. It's been a long time coming. I I think last in February we're like you got to come on the radio show. Oh, okay. And uh, here you are. Did they ever? Uh, I think my favorite part was when we were on the boat and you showed us that bridge that they misbuilt. <laughs> that <laughs> right. When the water gets too high, 
your vote can't get. That's under. right. That's what I just told Robert that yeah, we cannot bring it all the way to bad because yeah, they screwed up or deliberately or not, but it just misses by a couple of inches, so we can't. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> terrible. Some of the vote, we just keep the things quiet. Otherwise, it's going to be very yeah crowded. It's a special. Not island, a special place. Those sunsets. Yeah. Oh, man. Get your uh, get a massage on the beach. Watch the sunset. Yeah. Get yeah. your hair twined off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if people wanted to get Red Boat, the, both the sauce and the salt, where could they go? Locally, there's a few stores that carries Collusion um, is one of them. Brooklyn Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Brooklyn Kitchens, and I think we're gonna have see more store. Whole food. It's everywhere except the northeast. I haven't looked at. Just Whole Foods carries actually. it as well. I feel. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. yeah. And you can't smuggle it out. I think we had to when I had to when you gave us our stuff to take from the island. Yeah. I had to like wrap it up and like hide it like in my dirty laundry because if it breaks on the plane, <laughs> oh, they that's kept mine. The worst. They kept mine. Oh, they kept yours. Yeah, 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 he had to get his. Yeah. yeah. yeah I had all these sexy bottles with like anchovies floating in it and shit. That's and they're like, bad. no, you're not taking it on the plane. Give me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's funny. And uh, for people who want to visit your restaurants, where where can they go? Austin, Texas. Booyah. Brooklyn, Carroll Gardens, Nightingale Nine. All right. So shout out to Austin, Brooklyn, and Fuquak. Thank you guys so much. Pretty excited for dinner. It's gonna be a good time. All right.
make it What's Mood? Mood is a quarterly magazine about music and food. For its creators, not many things can beat a good record and a delicious meal. Maybe a well-written story or a gorgeous photo. Well, that's all in Mood. The magazine looks at music and food in a cohesive and unique way, with a keen eye to design and high-quality writing. Its contributors are located around the globe, and the stories span accordingly. Check it out today at moodmusicfood.com. That's moodmusicfood.com. What? What do you need? Nothing. Well, welcome Nothing. back. Welcome back. Today's to program was brought to you by Moot. Oh, nope. man. We have a uh, pack show today. Pack show today. Um, man, I love that fish sauce. Oh. We, sh- we should see if they have samples for you because it's the best. Do you like fish sauce? Are you love, vegetarian? Love fish sauce. You've never had it before, have you? No, but I kind of <laughs> dipped my pizza in this plate that you guys had by accident. Yeah. That's um, not fish sauce, though. All right. That's just That's a cream cream dressing yeah. sauce. So we have uh, Sam Austin and Cassandra all joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, thanks uh, Thanks for joining us on this Sunday. So happy to be here. And a uh, big shout out to Andrew Oposo for uh, <laughs> making this all happen. He, man, Andrew has made so many things happen for he's, me. He's a real life. mensch. He, real uh, mensch. Andrew of Jessica Six. Uh, her night magic, affair. Her and also, like, why we saw him last night, and the first thing he said to us was, he's like, you know what I'm super excited about? I'm like, what? He's like, Cassandra's going to be on the show tomorrow. And we're like, wow, that's the first. He's just thinking about you. Such a sweet guy. Um, and bass player extraordinary. Uh, he is uh, one of the best. And best bass face. Oh, yeah. Top five yeah. bass <laughs> face. Just especially when uh, they are doing when they were doing the, uh, like, fully mixed Hercules Love Fair sets, and he was doing the transitions. And he was conducting with his face. Oh my god! Man, that was before my time. Was it? Yep. But uh, you, but you've been in New York though. I've been in New York. Andrew and I became very fast friends because of the, the New York connections. Like when we found out that we were drinking at the same bars when we were sixteen. Which ones? Like, um, well, the Abbey Pub is yeah. Oh yeah. A great place to go before you're twenty-one. Blue that and place. gold is good too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Cherry Bar <laughs> yeah. on Six. Yeah. I was an uptown lady. Oh, yeah. Oh. And your family's still up there, right? They are. Yeah, yeah. They're still up there. And they're still playing music. Yeah, we had a house concert last night. Yeah, tell me about the house concerts. Um, we've been doing them for 12 years now. and Have you missed any? I've missed a few. Just a few, though. Just a few. I try to be there whenever I can. Um, are they are there an annual thing during the wintertime? They're actually monthly, believe it or not. And we're having two this month. Um, are you only missed a few and they're monthly? They're monthly, yeah. So what are they? Um, well, last night we had a harpist, a solo harpist. It was beautiful. And, and who's we? Uh, we is my family. I, <laughs> I am a member of a family of five, the Jenkins family. And my mom actually has a blog called the Jenkins House Concerts blog. And she posted Snacky Tunes today. Oh, yeah. thanks, Mom. Very excited. It went out to the blog community. Oh, big on the Uptown. <laughs> thanks, Dear Mom. Mommy bloggers. <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, uh, it's a, a format of... we. Invite 65 people or so to our house. That's a comfortable number. Sometimes it gets bigger than that. And Where do you live? I live on the Upper West Side. Believe it or not, you wouldn't think that this apartment would fit 65 people, but we make it happen every month. And we invite a guest artist, usually a band, to come play two sets of music. 
there's always an intermission in between when people get wine and food. And usually my family will open in some way, shape, or form. And so last night my sister and I sang a Carter family song, and my brother played a song that he wrote. <laughs> yep. Naturally. Um, and next, in a couple of weeks, we have Tony Trishka, the great banjo player, coming to play. It's a holiday-themed show. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> of course. Partridge Family or Brady Bunch? <laughs> We've gotten actually more, um, what's it called? The Wes Anderson film. Uh, Royal Tannenbaums? Royal T- we got that more than we did Partridge Family. That seems like a, a, a modern thing. And, and what is, does, your, York, does your entire family play? We all play. My dad is a piano player. He, Growing up, um, he made a living playing in all the hotels around New York. So the St. Regis, the Plaza. Carlisle? The, the Carlisle. He just played a gig at the Carlisle. He, he was did. very Wait excited about it. He's he likes it He's one of those like, hotel piano players he's of like yesteryear. Exa- he's kind of a dying breed. Oh, my God. What's his tip cup look like? It depends on who's coming in that night. Uh, yeah. it, you know, I, I actually don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. I imagine Goblet, but I don't think that's yeah. <laughs> or, like Or Vase. Yeah. <laughs> I think it depends on the place. I think one of my fantasies as a child was being that type of piano player, but then I, you know, gave up. It's obviously. crazy. He knows so many songs. Do, does he have a bow tie that he's never actually tied, just that's draped around his neck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he used to wear a tuxedo to work. And that became kind of uncool you, at a certain point. Can you point. let me know when he's playing next, and I can just go and like sit actually, there. we should yeah, just actually go. have him come in. I would love. Can that. he? Is there Do like you a guys port- have a grand piano? We don't, but <laughs> would he be willing to like sort some figure something out? Absolutely, he's okay. got a he's got a travel. Can he just, just like if Austin. he could just play if he could just riff in the background for an hour? Oh, that would be the best. Yeah, he riffs right. He ri- My he dad a, riffs. Come just on. one more story about your dad. Just one more question. I mean, I have actually a lot of questions. I hope he's listening right um, now. Does he have any of those, like, I was with, you know, Belinda Carlisle, like, really? Wrong the one. Rainbow Room, and no, I was the, the room. like, the rap pack, oh, yeah. like, and Bobby the, and, and Frank. Oh, Bernadette, I, I I'm have sorry. stories. I don't know, I don't know how much time Peters. we have. We have time. We have well, time for this. When, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, I remember going to Little Italy, and my mom just knowing everybody down there. Just be like, hey, Patsy. And... Later on, I found out that they used to play at SPQR, which is now closed. May it rest in peace. Um, Pour a glass of vino for it. They were, yeah, they were the house band, and they would play. Um, occasionally, they would play. Uh, I'm air quoting private parties, mm-hmm. um, but it was really like a mafia hangout. Wow! Oh, and they were there. Gentlemen's the, club, speakeasy. <laughs> yeah, they they were. Um, they would play so that it was just it had the vibe of, of a party. And what was uh, touring with your family like growing up? Touring was really fun. We actually spent a lot of time in Maine, so I was excited Ooh. to hear some Maine stories today. Did you eat lobster up there? We ate tons of lobster. Uh, I wonder we, if they ever went to your grandparents' restaurant. Maybe. That would be yeah. That would be some serious. That would blow my mind. I, yeah. I would have to lay down <laughs> if uh, you and your parents went to... Well, we'll have to go there at some point on our way up this summer. We go to Swan's Island every summer, and there's a tiny festival... Um, about halfway up the coast, and we would travel in a 56, 1956 GMC bus to get there um, with lots of instruments in tow. Um, and at that point, it felt more like Beverly Hillbillies than it oh, did okay. Royal Tannenbaum. Okay. <laughs> well, that movie hadn't come out yet, so it's, it's, an, <laughs> yeah. unfair, it's an unfair comparison. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, we spent a lot of time traveling that way and 
It's currently in upstate New York. Uh, the motor needs some work, but Dad's Dad's working on it. It's <laughs> um, working. Well, why don't we? <laughs> yeah. uh, why don't we get a song? Oh okay. my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, we were thinking about playing one that we just wrote actually this month um, after listening to Snacky Tunes um, shortly after Lou Reed passed away on Daylight Savings Day. I believe in the perfect day Stardust of a melody. This day is a perfect day. Leaves fall in time with the song.
Awesome. Uh, that is really the best drum setup that we have seen here. Someone <laughs> who really understood the room that we were playing in. Uh, this is Austin Vaughn on the drums, by yeah. the way. What up, Austin? Say what's up. Hello, Snackatoons audience. Let's, uh, and Cassandra's mom. <laughs> and Cassandra's mom's follow- blog follower. <laughs> yeah, and my uh, dad. And your dad. Let's, um, how did the three of you meet? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, I... Yeah, let's get Austin in on this. How about this? <laughs> this goes deep. Let's let Austin speak for a second. Sam and I uh, met probably before we were in high school, right? Because we are both from North Carolina. Yeah, 15. And Sam, well, too bad you didn't bring your clarinet, but when I met Sam, he was playing saxophone. Oh, I was... You promised clarinet, no clarinet. Yeah. I forgot it. No, <laughs> man. All right. It's a spacey Sunday. We but still have the Sundays. Sundays. It's Sunday. tough on Sundays. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. But yeah, so we met each other when we were like young teenagers and then realized that we were both going to end up going to this school in North Carolina called North Carolina School of the Arts. Yeah. And we were in high school there like with college kids and we had the time of our lives. And then... And we were roommates. That's true. We were each other's first roommates, and now we live together now. Yeah. Uh, but so then when Sam moved to New York way before I did, and he was like, you definitely should move here. I was like, I don't want to do that. And then I did. And then I met Cassandra through a guy named Jonathan Rosen, who is brothers with a guy named Michael Rosen, who's in a band called Icewater. And I introduced Sam to Cassandra, or vice versa. That's true. Yeah. At the Manhattan Inn. It was at the Manhattan Inn. Who also has a piano player from time to yeah. time. They do, like very much like my dad. Yeah, has your dad, ever, has your dad ever been there? No, I really want to get him a gig there. Yeah. But yeah. It would make the story, it would like add another layer to the story <laughs> you just told. Let's add that layer. Yeah, let, let's add that layer. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, let's there's, add the layer. Yeah, there's there's some really good music happening at the Manhattan Inn these yeah. days. And uh, shout out to Brooke, who uh, is yeah. one of the founders, like old friend of ours who started yeah. Glassland Gallery. Cool. She's oh, cool. amazing. Yeah. And she just had a kid. Born. She did have a kid. That baby was cute up yeah. on the Instagram. Yeah. Up. What? <laughs> yeah? I was giving Austin a little thumbs up. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that was I, a good. I, you, I used to have a radio show. I had a multiple radio shows in college. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how. He's a radio man. So now, when the three of you met, how did it kind of transform to, you know, what we're looking at <laughs> here? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, um, when did three become can I, one? Can I collaboration? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, Austin introduced us at the Manhattan Inn. It was a Greg Saunier solo drums night, um, and we were all there hanging out, appreciating the music. And um, what is solo drums? Solo, solo. Austin, you want to show <laughs> us what solo drums is? Uh, it's when you play alone. When you play alone. Oh, so like literally. The, it's my, really exciting. Yeah. The drummer in my band, his name is Max El Mario, and he works with at the Manhattan Inn. He's a bartender, and he curates. Because he's a drummer, he curates this night. I think it's usually on Sundays, and it's all like solo drummers, and they it's come amazing. in and and it's yeah. Wait, it's is fun. it solo drummers together? No, no, okay. by themselves. A series. Oh, okay. It's a series. Yeah. Um, but shortly thereafter, we we I went to go see Celestial Shore, Sam's band, at Glasslands, and we were all hanging out outside. And Austin looked at the two of us and he said, "You know." You guys, you could, you should collaborate. I think that'd be good. And us, and Sam's response was, "Oh, there will be collaboration," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with full confidence. And here we are today. Wow! Wow! 
That is a bold. That's a bold. It was bold. I loved that. That's a good line. That was before we were dating. Yep. Oh no! Oh, you guys are dating? Yeah. Let's add that layer. Yeah. Oh, you need you need lines like that. So there's a lot of collaboration going. There's a lot. Yeah, Sam and I have been dating ever since, actually. And was it that line? Yep. That line kind of did it for me. Really? Yeah. Like firework. And not to mention that I was also going to see Sam play guitar and and. That did it for me, we, too. We hey, hey note, note to listeners. Dudes and bands get girls. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard on, it here. <laughs> on either, either pick Go up a guitar. Go get that guitar right now. Yeah, pick up a chef's knife. Yeah. I'll get some girls. He's Why a good we, cook, too. Oh, do you? What, what do you guys do? cook together? Um, well, Austin and Sam have a really great dish that they made for me early on. Okay, well. No, that's overused. Let's talk about another dish. No, no, no. no whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's this dish? Yeah. Well, actually, see, I hesitate because we used it. The, my band did an interview with Brooklyn Magazine, and they do this thing where you're you're given a budget of twenty dollars, and and you have to cook, and they take pictures and interview you while you're doing it. Well, look, here's the deal: no one's listening to this show, so you can talk no, about no, no. that. <laughs> well, everyone. Anyway, if you are listening, it's a cool it's a cool thing What's in the, the Brooklyn Magazine. It's nachos, but it's it's kale quinoa nachos and chicken and chicken. Well, you can optional chicken oh, thing for, for the veg. Yeah, so you just like have a layer of you make your own corn tortilla <laughs> nachos. And then you put quinoa with red, or red quinoa with black beans, garlic, um, and then uh, you kind of throw that on top of the nachos, and then put kale, and then put it in the oven. And the kale gets crispy, and the nachos are crispy, and it's like this kale mm. sandwich thing. And then you put sriracha on it. Of course, yeah. Of course, get sriracha while you can. It's good. You guys all know about that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. It's oh, crazy. Is it closed down or is it just closed down temporarily? I think it's temporary. I think they're, it's temporary. They're still selling it super there's, hard at the fair. There's way. too much money to be made in Sriracha for it to close down fully. I got, I got so much money in Sriracha stock right yeah. now that I'm, I'm nervous. Why don't we hear another song? Okay. Okay. What are you guys going to play? What do you want to do? Well, I was going to say, if, if we were going to talk about one of my favorite recipes, we call it rabbit food, and it's some, some kind of like muesli creation. Um, it's the best. It's really delicious and healthy. But we're going to play a song called Rabbit um, that we wrote this summer. It was uh, my first collaboration with Sam. (laughs) And Austin Austin plays drum on our recording of it. Okay. Ready? Are you there, Austin? Yeah. Okay, ready? It's also an adaptation of a Wallace Stevens poem. Covers the sun 
and nothing is left except the light, except the light, the light on your face. East rushes west and west. Rushes down Feel that the light Of the whole Of the wideness of night Is for you Feel words for that that was amazing <laughs> amazing you. um Thank you, so much. you have so many different types of drumsticks <laughs> and accoutrement like it's amazing you have to see him play solo i was gonna say <laughs> and you hold your drumstick in a way that makes me think that i would love to see you really go to town on a drum set you should come you should come see me play sometime i will absolutely come see you play you want to you want to hear me pimp all the times i'm playing this week yeah yeah What's today? Well, can we talk about Tuesday night's show? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Talk well, because Sam is on that one, too. Yeah. So, well, maybe Sam... I don't really know oh, yeah. what's up with that, but I'm super excited to be doing it, so go ahead, Sam. Okay. My friend, our friend Luke Temple of uh, Luke Temple and Here We Go Magic is... He's been booking a series at Union Pool that's kind of based around improv, improv improvising, creating music spontaneously spontaneous composition yes that that would be the instantaneous way. composition sure so luke uh luke booked austin uh austin's gonna be playing with 
a legend, uh, Daniel Carter, um, a legend of the New York imp improvisational scene, um, going back to the 50s, 60s. Mm, I mean, he no. was like born in the forty-five or something. All right, so so he, he was in New York. Got started at six. He came, yeah, he came in the seventies. He got he, once he got his hand on those really, pots and pans. Yeah. He really just. You know, uh, he actually was living in North Carolina as a child. Well, that, and Ohio. That makes sense. You guys can talk about your favorite restaurants. At any rate, <laughs> so I, yeah, Austin's I'm playing, playing a duo with, him, with Daniel Carter, and I'm playing. That's I'll be actually playing clarinet on this show with um, Jason. As long as you remember it, right? Yes, <laughs> remember it with Jason Nazari, who's another great drummer uh, of this band, Little Women, and um, uh, some other great friends. Are there any women in Little Women? No, of course not. No, course but not. have you seen have you seen this band? No, are they all it, really big dudes? They're yeah. they're all pretty. Big. They're not yeah. big. They're not big. Well, they're from Brooklyn? I mean, they're yeah. not like right, your average skinny tall guy in a band. Little Women is the Little Women is the best band in Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I wow. second that opinion. Oh, but I guess Darius lives in Queens. They're the best <laughs> band in New York. Ooh! Ooh. Drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big. Uh, these are expensive know. mics you to drop. You are on Snacky. Too. Yeah, all uh, and, five of you. And for the three of you, when are you playing next? Um, I, I think our next show is probably going to be uh, at the Jenkins House concert. Oh, really? I'm going to see if Austin's available. I haven't asked him. We yet. were supposed to play tomorrow night, but it got canceled. It got canceled. Uh, Friends and Lovers is a new venue, but they're they're getting their permit straightened out. Where but, is that? Um, it's in Crown Heights, actually. Uh, so hopefully they'll be up and running soon. But on the 21st, uh, we might be doing a house show, and then probably into the new year. And uh, what's next for you guys after shows? After shows, well, we just recorded the song that we played first. Um, and I would like to... I'm working on writing songs for a full-length album I'm hoping to record and have done by the spring and summer. Ooh. And is it just you writing, or is there outside influence? Um, I write a lot of my own songs. Sam and I have been writing together a lot. Um, and I love also taking on the songs of other friends. There are a couple songs on my EP were written by friends of mine and I love reinterpreting other people's music so uh, we'll see what happens when I put it all down on tape and uh, final question before we hear one more song how do people get invited to your house jams um, you can check out my mom's blog <laughs> my mom had a blog long before I ever did first wave um, did your mom teach you how to blog <laughs> she, <laughs> she kind of did actually oh my god it's amazing yeah mom I can't post this photo <laughs> Just rolls her eyes. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, come here. She's so high tech. She's got her iPad. Um, oh, same with our mom. She always says she doesn't want to ever be le feel left behind. Cool. Oh, I yeah. hope she she's listening today, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you call her today? Hi, mom. I did. So, so did I. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Um. So why don't you give people the nuts and bolts where they can find um, you, follow you, uh, get the EP? Well, you can check out my my Bandcamp has uh two of the songs that we're playing today. And that's just Cassandra Jenkins Bandcamp and Facebook and CassandraJenkins.com. I've got my last record came out on vinyl. I printed it in Brooklyn. I pressed it in Brooklyn. And, uh, Who did I've you press it with? With <laughs> uh, a company that is unfortunately no longer. Oh, it's man. called EKS. And it's, it's fortunate that they, they are no longer. <laughs> they they <laughs> really? owe us some yeah, money. So <laughs> um, but I've, I've got 100 vinyls left. Ooh. So how many did you have? Hotcakes. Only 300. Okay. That's hey, Brandon's saying 101. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, you can find those online. 
and you can get in touch with me on Facebook. Uh, well, great. Well, uh, everyone, thanks for listening to Snacky Tunes. Uh, I think we have one more show this one year. One more. Uh, show. Who's the food guest next week? I have to. Talk. <laughs> uh, we have Rad Dads as a band next week. So uh, listen oh, up. And if you're around, come out to the Refinery29 pop-up store, 201 Mulberry Street. Yeah. Self-promo, baby. Weird. It's not weird. A little weird. Um, all right. Well, um, I also want to thank uh, Emery, Saltwater Farm, <laughs> and uh, Paul and Kong and Rob. Um, oh, and shout out to Glassery, who makes the best rabbit dish in all of New York. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it's well. I mean, we were we were doubters. We were doubters, we were and doubters. and I told Sarah last night. I said, "Listen, this is like the fourth time I've been here. I've never ordered the rabbit dish. If you like rabbit, go. They say it for two. That's ridiculous. Like." Maybe it's two of the little women, but like <laughs> it's it's like a four person dish. It's amazing. Have you had it? I have. It's amazing. The charred pieces taste like octopus. It's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so hop on over there. All right, and uh, be back with one more episode. And uh, thanks for seeing. And what's the last song you're gonna take us out with? Well, I like how much we're talking about animals on this show today. We had lobster talk. We had fish talk. We had rabbit talk. And this is a song called "The Bird." Okay. Live on Snacky Tunes. Now I know what you are. And it does me no good, no good. Now I know, now I know, now I know.
bird turns its head and looks at me with one eye as you Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.